river kingdoms are a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevoy sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevoy seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone to let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 84. Voice of the editor here. At some point between session 83 and session 84, we had about a 10 minute conversation about Corwin and all the bits of him that weren't player facing. The mechanics, some of his backstory, that sort of thing. Now that his time's up in the campaign, the player just had a few questions that she wanted to address. For the sake of completeness, I've strapped that onto the end of this episode. If you're not interested, then you'll know when actual play stops, and feel free to just skip on to the next episode. To the boneyard you did go to face each man's final foe. Yes. Uh, you and Corwin went to the boneyard in an effort to destroy Orvinbane. Good news, you succeeded. Bad news, you're coming back alone. Yes. Corwin has found his fate in Tarazma's arms. I'm not entirely certain... Kaelin's not happy about it, but I'm not entirely certain that is bad news. Mm -hmm. And we returned on... um, Corwin dismissed you from the boneyard. You returned to find that you had missed about a day and a half of, of time. The Tiger Lord Barbarian Army is still marching on Elk's Rest and Caelan had more or less stuffed his face full and then gone to sleep in his soup. Yeah. And Bryn and Tristan have dragged you off to bed. Yep, where Caelan is snoring contentedly. As you sit and snore contentedly. Mm-hmm. Or indeed, when I wake up on the bright new day to face the barbar- oncoming barbarian army. Yeah, you reflect on what you have done in these past several months and weeks. You have faced gigantic dire tigers... You have rid yourself of an old enemy in Gleniska again. Mm-hmm. You have slain Amag twice born. Twice. Again. <laughs> you have been to the boneyard and faced death itself. And all these experiences have left you feeling stronger, tougher, more fightery. <laughs> what um, did you do with your level? So, Kaelin took a level in Knight of Thorns, mm-hmm. making him a level 4 Knight of Thorns in addition to his 7 fighter levels, and that one Bard Scholar thing, mm-hmm. which is now diminishing into the past. Unsurprisingly, being a, um, being a primary fi- meat shield fighter cl- cl- class, he picked up another base attack bonus, which um, means he picks up his third attack. Yes, it does. 
So I have filled in my third attack on all my attack slots, and my um, standard attack with a master weapon like my adamantine greatsword is now 17-12-7. Nice. So people should be afraid. Yep. (laughs) People should not melee me. That's the message that I'm sending here. I picked up another point of fortitude save, because there's no denying that I was direly short of it. Obviously. So I... in, in all fairness, you did just make like something like 16 fortitude saves in a row last session. Yes, that's true. And Each I of did... them versus death. Yes, and I did fail the one I rolled a one on. <laughs> exactly. But demonstrating... So what you need to do is get more fort. Because that would have made a big difference to the one I rolled a one on. Get better dice. Yeah, no, that, that was in fact what I needed. Um... Then, because it is twelfth level, glorious twelfth level, I've picked up a million things like some ability score points. Mm-hmm. I have put one in Dex, and this changes everything because Kalen has a Dex modifier. He has, he has a bonus to AC even when he is even when people are touching him. He has an initiative modifier. It's a whole new world of Kalendom. Wow! So you can actually move now and go fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty startling. And it only took you twelve levels to get a point of dexterity. Yes, and it's a big <laughs> deal. Um, the other attribute point I have put in wisdom, which mm-hmm. means I have um, evened up all my stats. So the next the next attribute points at sixteenth level are not going to do anything terribly thrilling. But I'm at peace with that. Um, I've put in a, so I put it in wisdom. Because um, that seemed very appropriate. Yep. Kalen now has a plus two wisdom modifier as he is slowly morning, learning more about life. That you have learned. Mm, yes. So um, I have 14, um, 14 to my wisdom. Um, and yes, I picked up some hit points. Um, so initially I picked up another nine hit points, taking me to 114. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked up some skill points. I put um, one in climb... One in diplomacy, good old. Because the thing about Knight of Thorns is you get some interesting skills. One in intimidate, one in ride as ever, one in sense motive, and um, one in survival. So um, then, um, because my um, because my um, wisdom and um, dex went up, I um, picked up a bunch more skill point. Picked up a bunch more bonuses from that. And actually also boosted my reflex and will uh, will saves, which I really badly needed. Yeah, I was pretty excited about that. Um, And then um, I picked up a feat, which I took Hero of Destiny. So I still have five hero points. It's a level, even though Corwin is tragically no more and I no longer have his 20th level ability. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I picked up some class features, so as a Knight of Thorns, I now have, my Roar is now a D, is now 48 Sonic. I have, um, another Smite, I have another Smite, and my Smite is very marginally better unless I'm using a Longbow, which of course I'm mostly not, but, you know, nice. And I picked up Natural Leader, which means I get a plus two modifier to, to Constitution, which means my hit points are now 126. And my concentration rises. I'm sure everyone was deeply excited by that. Yeah. But the point is, I have 126 hit points. Fuck yes. <laughs> yeah. And then I put a point of relationship in with Tristram, and that was me. What about my team? Uh, so, it's too soon for the Corwin joke, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is too soon for the Corwin joke. Stop making Corwin jokes. I don't think I can be much more clear. Okay. What about the living members of my party? Uh, <clears throat> Michaela took her 8th level in her secret prestige class, Initiate of the Mysteries. Yep, which I actually know about now, so you can tell me what she leveled in. Uh, 
which gives her more sneak attack this level. Sweet. And a skilly bonus feat. Cool. Uh, she has taken alertness to boost her spot and listen. Nice. Um, I'm very much in favour of people who aren't careful in spotting things. She has gotten glorious base attack. Woot, 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 woot. Although I don't think her base attack is um, that terrifyingly low anymore now that she's had a few levels to stop being a multi-class character. Yeah, yeah, once you once you actually start taking levels... And you're it was low class. for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I know. Admittedly, this level it hits eight. So yeah, yeah, it's... Um, still ain't all that Yeah, so. yeah, but she's um, not exactly a um, straight meat shieldy character, despite the massive armor bonus. Uh, for her feet, uh, sorry, for her attributes, she is putting one in wisdom, so she can actually cast fifth level cleric spells on her own. Yep, very useful. Uh, and one in constitution, so Ooh. she can get very slightly tougher. Yep. Doesn't actually change her stats in any way. Yeah, yeah, but she'll have an interesting 16th level, unlike some people. Um, the feat she is taking is Precise Hunter, which gives her the ability to sneak attack and crit plants and constructs and elementals and basically anything that isn't an undead. Which is so great. Uh, as well as giving her some bonus weapon damage against them. Yep. Uh, skill points. Uh, she spent on a bunch of different things. Concentration, bluff, sense motive, spot, listen, heal, jump, and search. Very nice. Continuing her theme of putting points into the weird eclectic crap that she got from her what was not ability from Titania. Yep. Uh, and that is all of Michaela. Yes. Uh, Bryn. Leveled to Monk 12, the excitingest Monk level. Oh, well then, 12th level is exciting for anyone, so if it's a special Monk level, she must have gotten a ton of stuff. Uh, she gets more decks and gets more wisdom, neither of which will do anything for her at this level. Yep. Um, I have not settled on this entirely, but I'm thinking Blind Fight is a feat. Cool. Um, more base attack, more all saves, because Monk. Yep. Um, extra movement. To ensure that she can now go... Uh, she's more than double the speed of your horse now. No, no, she's not She is not quite double the speed of your horse yet. Yeah. But she's approaching it. Yeah. Um, I'll get a magic Tristram horse, except I can't have that and <laughs> yeah. Uh She put her points back into her classic things of jumply, tumbly, sneaky, movie things. One in climb, one in swim this level. Yeah. Uh, and she gets her monk ability of abundant step, which lets her use Dimension Door. Six times a day. <laughs> Man, I am so outclassed on the movement front. Now she can step into wolf dreams, like Perrin. Awesome. That's a pretty badass way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not that she moves so fast she goes flash-style through the wall, and it's not that she has, um, you know, mystic chi powers from the east, because yeah. she's a wolf monk from the forest. Yeah. It's that she slips into the first world. Awesome. And then back out again in half a heartbeat. That's so awesome. Uh, and that is Bryn's level. Sweet. Tristan? Yes. Uh, gets charisma. Um, being as now he knows his heritage and what he is, and why he's so comparatively weak and frail compared to you and Vaan... He can actually start working out in a way that's appropriate for his body type instead of what's good for Eldest Thorn. And gets constitution and now has a positive constitution modifier. Yeah! Hoo Which will raise his hit points to a whopping 68. Yep. 
Kill him with just it. That's a lot better than they were. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear he's putting points in Constitution. I just went sometimes for no apparent reason at all. He puts points in a bunch of knowledges. He continues his ride contest with you. Yep, and I'm still winning. Although I'm not, I'm not taking it lightly. I, I've never stopped putting it up. It's hard for a man with no decks to be good at ride. He puts one more in knowledge religion now that he's found out about his fey heritage. Yep. He, he's less annoyed by the gods now that he knows that they're purposely irrelevant to him. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, giving him a whopping two ranks in knowledge religion and thus only a plus eight to it. Yeah, no, well, plus nine, fairness, sorry. Okay, I mean, we, we have tragically lost our religion expert. Oh, wait. <laughs> no, Michaela's not... your religion expert. I know, because so. it's not like Colin. Colin was your swimmer. Yeah. That was what he bought to the table. In all fairness, no one else has profession minor. No, that's quite true. And he was a fantastic swimmer, but we do actually have other people who can swim. Not like he can, but swim pretty well. Corwin gains base attack. One to all of his saves this level. I think you meant Tristram there. Yeah, sorry. Tristram gains one base attack. One to all of his saves. Yep. Oh, nice. All of his saves. Yeah. Sweet. Just how his level rolls out. Yeah. And gains the ability Song of Freedom, where he can make perform checks to cast Break Enchantment now, so he can turn flesh back into stone. So stone, stone back into flesh, flesh and that sort of thing with his performance skills. That sounds fantastic. Well, if you keep going with that bard thing, eventually you get some cool shit. Uh, his exciting spells are he gains one new fourth level spell that he can cast per day. Yeah. And no spells known of any kind. But he already knows, but he can already, he already use some fourth level yes, spells, yes. right? Yes, just not terribly exciting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he gets a feat, which I am... He would, like, toughness and great fortitude would actually be really useful for him, but neither but, of them fits Tristan in any way. No. I'm eyeing up lightning reflexes, but I haven't settled on that yet. Yeah. Lightning reflexes? Is, oh, that's bonus, the bonus, bonus reflex, reflex save. save. Great, oh, that's for, great fortitude is the one that ups his fourth saves, which you could really use because they're three. Yeah. But, um... Kill wins is sometimes for oh, no reason at all. No, actually. There'll be four now. No, five, because his con is going up and his base save is going up his level. There it we is are. three, when he, as he levels, it becomes five. Excellent. Well, there we are. I mean, five's hardly terrible at all. It's only ten points under Kayla. Mm-hmm. It's not a competition. <laughs> Just as well, because I'm winning. What's your reflex count? Uh, ten. Fuck off. <laughs> Although, in all fairness, I'm putting, I've, um, I've got a plus four miscellaneous modifier to it. Which is your, which will be some combination of your fighter levels and your um, one point of reflex it goes in my fighter level and then the other three are coming from something else. Your cloak of resistance. Very possibly, yes. My plus three cloak of resistance. Okay, so that's not really fair because I should technically be under a magic modifier if it makes any difference to you. Ah, uh, yes, that's worth noting. I will move. I will move that part out of the um, various. Tristan, of course, can't wear a cloak of resistance because he has to wear a cloak of charisma instead. Yeah, yeah, and it's, um, in, a, in all fairness, I shouldn't be gloating about Bo getting the best magic items because I'm the PC. That's not, um, you know, everybody else is just stoically putting up with that. There we are. I've modified, moved the magic modifier, moved in magic modifiers yeah. for the plus resistance plus three. That is what they have. Yes. So the exciting one is Bryn can now uh, pass, from, pass from reality. Yeah, yeah, that's freaking awesome. And I'm pretty confident can take you with her. Well, that's how normal Dimension Door works. Yeah, uh... Yes, just as if she was using the spell Dimension Door. Sweet. Half her monk levels per day. Well, it solves the, um... Kaelin is too slow running away compared to Bryn if he doesn't have his horse problem. Mm -hmm. Bryn can just 
200 foot that way. Let's do it again. And after we've done it six times, we ought to be pretty far from the fray. <laughs> so, that stuff. Pretty freaking awesome. Heck, maybe she'd be great. It, it would be hilarious to go Fort Drayliff with her um, sneak in and then dimension door around. <laughs> Alright, and thus we are back in Stagthorn. You all reflect on your many experiences and what you've learned in life. Yep, and wake up in the morning. It's a bright new day and kind of a sad one, really. Yep. But we are, look, those of us who live are all here. Um, Kaelin gets up, eats a substantial breakfast, plays with his kids, and hangs out with Britain for a while, and is. Kind of happy he's alive when you get right back to it, when you yeah, get right down yeah. to it. Yeah, the boneyard is definitely... Like, you had no nightmares last night, but you recall no dreams of any kind last night because you more or less had the pillow and went... Yeah. Yes, Helen would totally snore, I think. <laughs> but, um... But I think Bryn, being a tough wolf girl, is perfectly capable of both waking up as soon as she hears a noise she doesn't like and sleeping through any noises that she doesn't care about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright, um... So, um... I will, um... Probably, um... I think the appropriate thing in the morning would be to go talk to, um... Chief sort of scales and Akros. Yep. Because I sort of need to um, let them know about this thing to what I did. Explain to them that you've destroyed their god's holy relic. Yes, yes, I need to do that. To, to put it in so many words. Yeah, I don't think they're going to take it well. Yeah, so you are seeking a private meeting with your Goromite duo? Yes. I will lump. Um, talk to the council as the whole about the whole thing but I figured it would be polite to um, break it to Akaros and um, Chief Scott's girls having conspicuously failed to warn them that I was going to do it I can at least privately tell them that I've done it Okay, so you have Akaros and Chief Scott's girls in a meeting room somewhere um, I'm sure word is probably um, well, word will probably spread rapidly that Corwin's dead I don't think anyone would deliberately spread it Yeah but so we we will assume that these two are temporarily ignorant. I think. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Kalen, what's up? Chief Soot Scales, nice to you, Kalen. Got some things to tell. Well, the council as a whole, but I thought I'd um, warn you two about it first. I um, Corwin and I have destroyed Orphanbane. Both of them sort of stop and stare at you. Akaros just looks a little confused. Chief Soot Scale, a bit quicker on the uptake, clicks along a couple of times. Why? A couple of reasons. I had um, a vision when I first drew it in the um, temple of the. Um, when I first drew it in the trial grounds, um, that I gave it to me of what I could do with the sword and what the sword could do to me. A lot of people died. Some of them people that I care about. Wasn't good. And from what I understand, there was a good chance anybody who wound up wielding the sword would wind up using it to conquer a lot of the river kingdoms. 
whoever wields the sword gets a mug thrown in, you might say. I was pretty worried about what someone could do with it. Either any of the Tiger Lords coming after it, or Niska's lot making another try even with her gone. And after seeing that, I didn't want it around me too long. That's, That's why. Both of them break into a chorus of hasty objections over the top of each other. Um, Chief Sootscale steps back, nods and gestures to Aperos and lets him have the floor first, which he barely acknowledges. He says, so wait, you took a giant, you took a giant awesome magic sword you had from the God of War and you broke it on purpose because you thought it would hope you, help you kill too many people. Help me kill the wrong people, I. What the hell people were we killing? I mean, you don't have to worry about Niska or any or or any of our enemies or the Tiger Lords getting their hands on it as long as we've got it to fight them off with. And that's what I understand anyway. Tristan said it was some awesome magic sword that then he started talking about variable Bane properties or some shit. It sounded like it was really great though. If you didn't want it, you could have at least passed it down, say, to one of your generals. <laughs> Aye. But, um... Tristram was the first one that died in the other in that in the vision I saw. He was trying to warn he went off to tell me privately that he thought Orvin Bang was making me funny in the head. Huh. Akron sort of looks at you a bit out of his depth here. I know it's a lot to take in, and the reasons I do it likely you know I try to keep the place as open as I can. People can follow what gods they want to, but there are some things that there's just a gap. This is something I th- felt Aristotle was calling me to do, and it doesn't make a lot of sense from Corin's, from the followers of Corin's perspective, because you're welcome to be pissed at me. I would be pissed at me in your shoes. Akaros, ex-paladin of Aristotle, rolls his eyes and grunts, grunts unappreciatively. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think he would take it well. Yeah, unsurprisingly, he's not, he's not that, that on board with Operation Do What Aristotle Wants. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had plenty of opportunities to make his life more about doing what Aristotle wanted. It's not going to be very bloody good for our community. If an army of Tiger Lords comes sweeping through because they haven't got enough weapons, good enough weapons to kick their asses with. I still think we can kick the Tiger Lords' ass. We'd better. Uh, a waste of a perfectly good sword. All because, uh, I think, dead eye. Rather, we all lived in the woods and hugged fairies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a ridiculous oversimplification to the extent that it's not even right. If all he's going to do is rant about how daft I am, I'm completely happy with that. And Akaros will indeed tell you uh, for about five or six minutes in several different ways that you're stupid. Yeah. And you're stupid because you broke a big shiny magic sword that could be used to kick ass. And if you don't understand why that makes you stupid, that's because you're too stupid to see it. Also, the sword would make you stronger, which would make you better at killing people, and being bad at killing people is a stupid thing to be. Yeah. And um, having made his argument, Kalen will cease making arguments and just let Akaros yeah. wear himself out. Akaros more or less vents at you for sort of five or six minutes, concludes, concludes with, ugh, for Aristotle's bloody sake, and then goes silent. Yeah. And Chief Sootscale, who has actually been sitting much more restrained through all of this, 
May I do Akros if you're finished? And Akros sort of gestures <laughs> gestures to him. I have not yet received word from any of our supporters in the Church of the Iron Lord. I imagine the news has taken his I imagine the news that you had Orvin Bane has come to them too soon for any mess room. I wouldn't expect them for at least a week, maybe more. So it's just me sitting here. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that someone somewhere in one of our neighboring kingdoms, even some of the priests in our kingdom, would have wanted a holy relic of the god of war. Something that Gorham created to keep a warrior's great soul safe. To keep it safe from Phrasma. So that the great warrior himself could be preserved in the blade. If you didn't want to use it, that's between you and Aristotle. But you took it away from us. Without even asking. Aye. Was it yours to take? Aye. He he looks pretty sour at this point, but he's clearly he's just sat back and mulled on this for seven or eight minutes and thought about it. Aye. The two of you, you're good friends and good allies, and I didn't talk to you about it first. And you're welcome to be pissed with me. I screwed you. For the Church of Gorham generally, Zorak, who was the guardian of the sword, told me as that the sword Ord's keeper, it was mine to do with as I chose. It was a prize of war. I won it, and I had the right to destroy it. If the Church of Gorham don't like it, you can tell them they were welcome to go up to the hillside and fight their way through 40 dozen guardians at any time in their discretion. It's been in there for a thousand years. I ain't... If they didn't go and get it out beforehand, that's down to them. The warrior priests of Gorham will not be pleased with this. Well, and uh, Kaelin will um, glance over at Akaros uh, in a slightly meaningful fashion. Given the extent to which I've pissed off my own church hierarchy in the past, and he just... Yeah. Pauses and lets yeah, that yeah. sit there. Akaros sort of nods. <laughs> uh, I'm um, not going to be totally grief-stricken over pissing off somebody else's. But that's, having said that, yes, it was mine to do with as I chose, but it wasn't a good thing to do to a church who has uh, been loyal supporters of me. And if the church of Gorham is pissed, they have, they have the right to be. You can work it out between you and the rest of them what they want to do about it, given that it's done. But if they're looking for some kind of um, kickback or some uh, payout or something of that like, there might be there's something we can work out. It's not, but just as it was when um, I screwed over the oil of the Silver Twilight, the thing is done and there's no one doing it. There's just no pleasing everybody in this business. And there are just times when somebody loses something that's of great value to them. This well, is one of those. Although in that incident, you listened to the Order and the Church of Disney to see what both sides wanted. Here you had, you had fortunately no time to listen to the Church of Gorham's requests. And he sort of just lets that set and nods along like... It, he understands why you did that and, and actually understands you know given that you were going there anyway that was a good move for everyone himself and the church of Gorham included yeah and, and in fact he's, he knows at this given that they're unlikely to lose the face and provoke the sort of reaction that would be required 
from such an insult and direct rejection of their requests. But I think several people will find it convenient timing that you did this before any such word could reach you. And they'll be right on the money. You have been listening to Michaela. I always do. She's got a good head on her. There is one other part to this. I wanted to give you boys the chance to um, hear that part first. But as you'll remember from the eye, from the um, eye of Erbidon, it's no small thing to destroy such a thing. There's always a price. Yeah. He sort of, he sort of, Akaros sort of looks at, looks at you. Looks like you still got both your hands. Aye. Me and Corwin went to the boneyard. Again, you see Chief Sootscales thinks, anticipates you, and winces, and Akaros just sort of, huh? And just me came back. You, you had to kill him to break the sword? Nay. Nay, but we had to find his grave. Had to find his grave and use that to destroy the sword. And he warned me going in that he wouldn't fight fate. I am not a Pharasmite, but I have had a lot more religious education than I ever thought I would. <laughs> and Chief Slitscale grunts slightly as one sitting in a cave worshipping a shovel. <laughs> the boneyard is not meant for mortal f- Nay, nay, I um, would be very glad if I don't have to go back act as a living man. The, um, the message is pretty clear that you're not meant to go... They're pretty clear about you're not meant to be there. That was the price. Aye. It's a hard thing, but he wasn't sorry for it. Phrasma turned up in person to see him home. It's what he was. Wa- it's what he wanted. Then we will honour Corwin Strong Scale and what he has done for our clutches. I. I'm going to tell the council. Oh, oh, I'm going to get everyone together a bit later in the morning and let them all know. But I thought the two of you had the right to know. I'm sorry for not telling you, but my mind was made up. And I didn't think it would do you any favours to um, listen to your opinion and then completely ignore you and do what I was going to do anyway. <laughs> Don't worry. I've dealt with women before. Zacharos. <laughs> <laughs> Chief Slipscale keeps that more sour look on his face and just ignores the sort of thinking. And then we will, I think, pretty much leave it there. Yep. Um, and I think late, probably in the early afternoon, I will get the full council together. Yep. And... Brief them on essentially the same thing, minus the apology. Yeah. And so far as Kellen actually made an apology, which wasn't all that much. Yeah. But I will let everybody know that Corwin and I went to the boneyard to destroy Orvin Bane, but we did it because I felt it needed to be done, and that only I returned, and that it, Corwin was called home. Yeah. And the core of Silverfire. Yes. I think we can all agree that you've done the right thing here. There's several nods around the table and several more sort of that faces. Might, that might be pushing my luck. I think, I think we can all agree that I've done our thing here. And I think we can all agree that it's done. I am certain that we will all miss Corwin greatly. Will there be time enough to organise a state funeral before the Tiger Lord army is upon us? My thought it would be to do it after. I think it would be more respectful to um, do it in the um, 
do it in a calm moment rather than in the heat. We can announce it to the community. Yeah, those bastards move fast, all right. Cora sort of nods at this. I will let people know they're worrying about what they've heard, rumours of the army, but circumstance will, as soon as our armies begin to uh, be seen more publicly in the city, I do not think the worry will possess them long. I certainly hope we've got enough men for the job, but um, time will tell, but once we've taken care of that problem, there's um, no body per se, but we'd learn to rest proper with the monument and such. Let people say their goodbyes. And I didn't speak of it much, but you should all know he already felt he'd stayed long past his time. He was it's a loss to us, but he was he was happy to be moving. Even um by us by those of us short, from shorter lived races it's pretty hard to comprehend. But even by dwarf standards, three hundred and fifty one's a hell of an age to get to. It comes a time when every man is ready to move on. Huxley, who is usually almost silent in all of these meetings, um, pipes up from from the corner where he's lurking with Corwin Steel River has been an excellent excellent and faithful retainer to the Kingdom of Stagborn since its inception. But we all knew that he would pass we all knew that he would pass eventually as the old do. Speak for yourself says the old (laughs) old man. Huxley sort of just Nods very slightly and flicks a little, flicks a little one-fingered salute towards her. <laughs> I am certain that I am certain that Corwin had a long and detailed, long, detailed and intricate reasons for why he did what he did in his life, and that very few of us will ever know them. <laughs> and there's several more nods around the table at this one. But I am sure we can all appreciate the value of his secrets. <laughs> and of course, after the battle, we will need a new. Tre- uh, after the battle, and next month, we will need a new treasurer. The um, I'm not eager to be slow on filling any council position, as it's cre- even when it's painful, as it creates a bit of a threat. And treasurer is one of the more crucial ones. We'll have to give that some thought Acora, in the new, new months. Cora sort of nods at this again, and she says, I don't really deal with the money, but I understand Corwin had good several good people under him. It it should keep ticking, at least for the moment. Aye. We can, um, we can hold it together for the month, and then in, in the new month we'll need to um, get someone organised to take his place. And the, the council begins to discuss this, and it becomes rapidly apparent that absolutely no one on your council has any idea what Corwin was actually doing as treasurer. He, yeah. he handled it fine. You know, the money flowed in, the money flowed out. No one in the kingdom has ever had a problem with getting access to funds or finding funds missing or anything like that. But Corwin's never remotely talked about the work. Nobody's engaged him on it. The closest person here who has any understanding of it is Vaughn, who has... If not being the being the treasurer of his own kingdom, at least being the leader of the treasurer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As to the rest of though, you're looking at like fucking Huxley and First and you know Akaros, and they're well known. You know, yeah, yeah, I'm, what Akaros knows about money is how much a beer costs. Yeah, I was um, tossing around Christopher Rossi as a possibility. 
But the other one I was looking at was appointing someone as a temporary role because I don't want to make the mistake of filling all my council with permanent positions before the business with Drayleaf sorts out. Yep. Because um, one possibility would be to get Svetlana in as an emergency treasurer and keep Cassandra as the diplomat. Yes. And then swap Svetlana back to permanent diplomat and see if I've got a new potential treasurer. Yeah. Because under no circumstances I am I making Cassandra my treasurer. Yeah, that's... The... Dresses for all! <laughs> um, and, you know, while I don't expect Svetlana to be a super startlingly good treasurer, it might be a good enough stopgap for the time being. Yeah. Because I don't want to bring Rossi up as a temporary role again. I don't want to muck him around to that extent. Yep. I think he'd be a better treasurer, but I don't want there to be no positions for people from Drelev, given that they're all interested in... Yep. Um, you know, I'm going to have three or four guys wandering around who want things, and a council position's a good sop to someone. Uh, so there is, as there is discussion about this, um, Leo on your page, who yep. basically just lurks in the corner of these council meetings... He, he doesn't put his oar in unless people very explicitly ask him because it's not yeah. his place. But he's here to run messages and this sort of thing. And he'll he'll approach and just whisper slightly in your ear as people are debating this. And he says, my lord, uh, I, I had a strange conversation with Corwin yesterday. Uh, he's, that makes a lot more sense today, he says, having heard this. Uh, he, he left a will and some... He left a... Will and some other instructions in my keeping. I think he guessed this was probably going to happen. Aye, um, we'd um, I'd better go through the we'd better go through the will. I'd better go through the will, Ill and the like, um, possibly later on. But um, if he's got other instructions that are pertinent to here, I'd um, like to take a look at them. Uh, he he gives you a a brief whisper to basically communicate to you that Corwin left him. A, a bunch of letters which he hasn't gone through for yeah. obvious reasons um, sealed letters from the treasurer's office but Corwin said basically this one's my will um, this one is this one is explained in the will and is for my family and this one is a string of instructions on what to do about the treasurer thing okay I will obtain the third one and open it yeah. when you open it it, you hear Corwin's voice reading aloud, of course, and it says, Lad, yeah. that's the first word on it. Um, no doubt the council's chewing your ear about where the, money, where the money's all coming from and where it's all going. Because let's face it, you lot couldn't find your way into a vault with the key in your hands. <laughs> now, I've left, some, I've, left, I've left a series of instructions with, the lad, with, with that lad, Leon, but... No doubt you've skipped right ahead to this one because you've got a bunch of people yak, yak, yakking away at you and ignored all the previous context. <laughs> Don't do that. Go back and read the first one again. Okay, Leon, can I have the rest of them? <laughs> um, the first one is marked Lad. Yeah. Lad, I've neither the time nor the patience to be putting together one of them complex Abadarian or God's help us Asmodian legal documents. I'll make me will short and relatively simple. If things have gone the way I expect them to, then you're back in. You're, then you're back on Stagthorn and you're alive and well. If not, well, some other bastard's reading this right now and he's awfully confused, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> I'm betting it's poor Leon who's probably scheming right now to see how he can become king. <laughs> and you sort of look over at Leon who's <laughs> actually the. 
Actually, the, the poor lad's been very useful to me. Uh, as I say, I'm not going to make this some sort of complicated legal thing. I imagine I've left. I imagine I've left with all of my possessions, such as they are. There's a fair bit. Of, there's a fair bit of my money still lying around in this way. In, in this way and that, it's all clearly signposted in the accounts as to which belongs to me and which belongs to the kingdom. So I imagine it'll take you a month or so to work it out. <laughs> When you do, lad, I'd like you to send me money back to back to me family, up in the deep north mines, up at, up past well, what was Bravoy, and there are a bunch of details and addresses and names in that. And then I'd like you to pass along the second letter to them. It's not all of what's happened to me, but it's enough to give them a little peace, let them know that I had my reasons. Now you'll doubt, no doubt want to waste the blow of the kingdom's bloody money on some sort of giant great statue of me waving a spear around shouting war cries or such a thing. Now I'm not going to tell you not to because, well, it's no longer really my business. If it was, you'd just alter me destiny anyway and make it happen. <laughs> and three, you're probably going to ignore this request anyway, but at least if you're going to build a bloody great thing, don't write on it Corwin Steel River and then a bunch of confusing different dates. Just... Let it be with faith demands sacrifice. And let people make what they will of it. Alright, now you can go and read the one you're dying to about the treasure instructions. <laughs> and uh, Caelan will put that down, glare at it for a moment, and says, that was gonna, what I was going to put on the dance um, statue anyway, you cantankerous old bugger. <laughs> and then we'll pick up the third letter. Um, when you read through this, um, it is a string of comparatively well-written, if pretty simple, simplified instructions on being the treasurer of Stagthorn. He has nicely actually basically drawn you a flowchart to say, these five people that you don't know work under me. Yeah. You know, and do X, Y, and Z. This is our chief tax collector. Um... That Leon has actually been helping him do a whole bunch of the accounts and this and that and the other thing and running around and, you know, and ask the lad about this if you need further instruction and you need continuous further instruction because Corwin just writes it as a string of bullet points. But what is collecting the taxes involved? Right. Step one, work out everyone's income. Step two, tax appropriately according to tax tax section C. (laughs) You know, step three, collect money. It's like, useful but not detailed. Uh, Leon, however, has actually been doing bits and pieces of it with Corn. He has more of an idea about what to do here. Cool. And can, you know, more or less talk you through it. It's nothing the treasurer does is hard. It's just incredibly complicated. Yeah. And really wide-reaching. Yeah. That's interesting. So I'll actually ask Leon a few more questions about what he's been doing. And, um... You know, how heavily he's been involved in all this. And he, he nods, he says, Oh, well, my lord, um, I'm, I'm always here if you need running or anything like that, or anything else like that. But uh, when we were settled back in the town hall, a while ago now it was, uh, we were, um, I, I was running around working with all the other members of council, doing doing what needed doing and that sort of thing. Well, my, my sister, my younger sister, Liana, she's got most of that role now because she's she got promoted yeah. to head page for town hall but he yeah. got promoted to head page for castle basically he says and, and I'm always here when, when you need some assistance but uh, 
well, you're off and off running around slaying monsters and that sort of giant thing. We're not much good to help you, to be honest. Ah, I can see that. So you've been helping out Corwin and the like when I'm, I'm out of town, have you? Well, it's, uh, it's he, he, uh, needed someone with a bit of a head for numbers and that sort of thing, yeah. See, he said he wanted people, he, he said he wanted people who, who were reliable and, and trustworthy and, and, and that sort of thing, and that if we put any woman in, they'd probably turn out to be secret cultists of Garona who were interested in stealing our money, and if we put any elves in, they'd probably spend the money on pretty things, because you know what elves are like, and... If we put any gnomes in, then they'd spend them on fun things to, to try and get away from the bleaching, and we'd end up with giant coasters and sideshows all over the kingdom. And if we put any halflings in, well, he said, you can't trust them because, you know, they have such little hands, which means they need big pockets to hide the gold. I didn't really understand that one. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> it really was a King Tankerous old goat, wasn't he? <laughs> I think he, he he meant well, the Lord. He liked people. He just didn't express himself well Aye. in his liking of them. Ah, he certainly did. All right, thanks for ge- thanks for giving me all that. That um, gives me some context on how to proceed. All right, and um, we'll um, let the treasurer conversation go on yep. for a while. Let everybody know that Corwin's actually given us some detailed instructions yep. on what yep. the heck he was doing. Yeah. And um, that I'll think more on the treasurer thing and get back to people. Yep. And then I will, once the council meeting is over, cull out Michaela and sit her down for a private confab. You have me. Turns out um, old Corwin had Leon pretty well set up as a, um assistant. Yep, she nods to this. Of course. Leon's provided a numerous assistance to several, several of the council back in the days of the town hall. Uh, and of course he was bored here. Aye. I I um, hadn't picked up on that, but you know, I'm I'm not uh, uh, um, from home a good bit at the time. I'm wondering what your thoughts would be about having him as a treasurer. He's awfully young for the position. Uh, then I suppose we all were once. I I, just, um, I wouldn't bring it to him without getting your take on it. Um, the other thought is um, we could have him um, take on the role as a temporary thing, see how he does. Because uh, I'm th- thinking of rearranging things once we get, once we take Fort Draylev and get the um, you might say I'm counting my chickens. What with we've got a giant army heading for us first, but I have to think about the future, not just the present. And we'll have we ran into trouble with Vanhold with several thousands of people and not too many council positions for mm-hmm. them. I can only make one person viceroy, and I got four people angling for the role. I was thinking um, potentially making one of them treasurer, but I don't know, if Leon's already been doing the work... Well, Corwin was doing the work. Leon's merely assisting him in parts. Aye. Uh, Christopher Rossi is more comfortably seasoned for such a role. Aye, aye. By the weight of years. Aye, he is. um, I could put him in as Leon with his assistant, but if I did, I'd be wanting to make it a permanent position... And that leaves me no particular space to um, move anyone else around. Fair. I'm certainly not going to put Rossi up again and then muck him about again. On the other hand, it would be good to have him back on the council. I could just say, we'll um, let the folk of Fort Drell live take, take what comes comes to them. 
I mean, I'll have one viceroy to go around. Yeah, but there are political considerations of the highest importance. Yeah, yeah. That's what really matters, yeah. political considerations. We'll give it some more thought and shelve it. For the, shelve, that, shelve that for the moment until we have some more time to consider. Aye, you're right. Tiger Lord's barbarian army. Immediate considerations. I don't... I suppose with Orvin being destroyed, there'll be very little hope of negotiating with them. And to be honest, I don't think it was going to go well if I hadn't destroyed it. The thing of it is, they wouldn't have necessarily invaded. They'd have been prepared to send, take me as their leader and invade Fort Drelev with me at their head. And then they wanted to, wanted to know which kingdom we were going to invade next. At some... Be getting on board the back of a tiger. It's all very well until the time comes that you want to dismount and you can't. I would think logically Mistra at the southeastern edges of Varnhold. Oh, I see, you weren't looking for a strategy. (laughs) No. (laughs) We've um, stuck up a pretty solid record of not invading anyone who don't invade us, and I'd like to keep that going. We may or may not have uh, some time of peace and quiet once we do take Varnhold. Once we do take Drelove out, but it would certainly be what I'd be hoping for. Anyway, it's enough um, pissing about destroying ancient, terrifying ancient magical artifacts. Let's see to the. Uh, I've been uh, go down and see see what the boys have been doing with the armies. To the business of war, then. Uh, <laughs> all right, and at this point, I retroactively do the thing or army yeah, organizing yeah. I did a week ago. No problem. So can I have my army? I suppose. If you must. Probably helpful for the business of war. I am definitely activating the Kobold Defenders in Elsrest, mm-hmm. whose purpose is to defend Elsrest. Um, I am also activating Keston's Bowmen and the Stag Runners out of Thornwatch and Lakeview, respectively, yep. who will need a week to be activated and then can potentially march down. Yeah, but both of them can easily get there. Yeah. Because the thing is, Armag's Armag's army. I will refer to them as Armag's army, even though they don't have any more. Yeah. Um, they need to muster themselves as well because yep. they're not in an active and up and going state. Yeah. And then they march down here. They've got a ways to go, but they're actually quicker than you might think because, of course, they're all barbarians and they have fast movement. Yeah. But I think your guys are so relatively close that that arrive, like Lakeview and Thornwatch are only a couple of hexes away. And there's a road between. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's just a question of do I activate and do I try to muster any of the Varnhold um, armies because I've got um, the Van army, Varnhold army led by Bob and the um, Central army led by Denise Thunderhoof, yep. which is where the movement speed comes in because I'm not certain either of those guys. The Centrals are faster, but they're also further away. And have you got a road between Heather and Dinner? I believe that I do. Um, so I explicitly put one in for the Centaurs are three, speed three, aren't they? And and they are. Army is speed two. And the Vans, yeah, the Vans normal army is speed two. One, two, three. And uh, heights maps. Yes, I have a road straight, thro- straight through, va- straight from Vanhold to Elkstrest, straight through Van, or past Vanhold into the start of the Central Lands. So um, I don't have a road all the way through the Central Lands. It's to the first hex of the Central Lands. Your centaurs should quite definitely be able to get there. Yeah. Yeah, they'll all get there. Yeah. All right. Um, Only just in some cases, because the, the tiger lords are quick. But. Yeah. And then there's a question of how much um, 
Yeah, that is a lot of consumption, of course, because they are very big armies. Yeah, whether or not you want to is yeah. a separate question, but yeah. you can put all of your armies in Elk's for this battle. Yeah. That will all arrive in sufficient time, and um, needing to keep them for other battles is not necessarily terribly important, i.e. if the Tiger Lords turn off to go to Thornwatch, you'll see them do it. Yeah, it's... um. I kind of want to leave at least one army in um, Varnhold so I don't put all of my armies in one place and yep. then if someone invades Varnhold I'm totally screwed. But it's the... But but again, anyone invading Varnhold you're going to have multiple days of notice for it. Yeah. Um, but the And then the other point is how many of these extremely expensive consumption armies do I want to break out? Because this is... On the other hand I do have a lot of money and I do... Alright, um, I will activate everyone but the Varnhold army yep. and send them to Elksrest. Yep. So that is Kirsten's Bowmen, the Kobold Defenders, who don't have to walk very far because they live in Elksrest, yep. the Centaur army, who have to come a long way, and the Stagrunners. Yep. So Kirsten's Bowmen march south, Stagrunners march north, Kobolds march, uh, sorry, Centaurs march, I believe it's the east. Yep. <laughs> And a huge, a huge horde of troops converge on Elksrest. Um, I will work out the consumption math um, after I know how long I've actually got them all active for, because yep. much depends on what happens. Yep, no problem. But um, I activate them from the start of the week when we hear the Tiger Lords are coming, so I think it's probably going to work out to at least two weeks yes. by the time I actually send them all home again. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay, all good. Yep, that's what. So those are the orders I gave, okay. which I wanted to yep, sort out yep. before we got any further and down. Those the armies are assembling and marching, and various days after each other report in. Yeah, in Elk's Rest. Yeah, uh, the Tiger Lord army is comes into sight at the beginning of the third day after you return. Yeah. Uh, so sorry, that would be a day and a half after you return from the boneyard. Yeah. Cause, no, because you would have recalled that again. So, a week plus a day and a half. Yep. Mm-hmm. Are you all good with your calendar? You've got where you fought a mark, when you fought a mark, and blah 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 on there? I, I just kind of approximated it. Yeah, but, that's fine. Um, if it matters, I can no, get no, a, as work long it out. The dates exist time. vaguely. Yeah, I, I've given it an approximate, I've given an approximation of how long it would have all taken. Okay, and so an army comes into view over the horizon. And the horizon starts to blacken with men a little. Yeah. As you see a thousand strong army of barbarians heading for your city. Yeah. Um, as Kalen perceives again, as he did when he walked through their camp a bit, um, they look sort of like a disorganized rabble. You know, the uniforms are kind of a string of various hide armors and that sort of thing instead of anything uniform. You know, they all have different big double-handed weapons and different styles of fighting and all this sort of thing. This is not a tightly packed military unit, but nonetheless, they move with their own sort of discipline and vigor and that kind of thing. This is not just a disorganized rebel coming to attack your city. This is an army of united people who just have their own barbarian culture. Yes. And when you... when As they approach the city... Um, Messengers will sort of be, you know, constantly run out and scouts to keep an eye on them and that. And it becomes rapidly apparent to you that they are approaching holding up a um, 
Poly flag? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. believe we'd established that so it was... It was a white flag and... Yeah, it was a white flag that was being hung, not waved. Yeah. Is basically they want... They're, they're here to talk rather than necessarily fight. Yeah. Which essentially all it, all it means is they want a meeting before, before the they, fight yeah, yeah. You don't bring a thousand guys in because you're um, interested in huggling some bunnies, but um, it does mean they want to talk first, which I am amenable to, although, as we've discussed, I think it's unlikely our negotiations will prosper. Yep. And um, I will, uh, if Michaela or Tristram has a preference as to which one of them goes out with me, I'll listen to that, but I want one of them. Not particularly. Okay, um, I will have Michaela. Um, Michaela's got the better sense motive, Tristan's got the better um, uh, knowledges of them and that sort of thing. Yeah, I think Tristram's got the greater cultural sensitivity, but I doubt cultural sensitivity is going to be highly prized at this time. Yep. So... You go out, and again, a couple of these guys, basically, what, again, there's no overly distinguishing uniforms on there, but you'd assume the biggest, broadest looking guy is the leader here, and he's got a couple of generic attache slash bodyguards with him. Yeah. Um, as you saw the last time you went in, one of these guys is clearly here to sort of take... Not take notes, because he has no paper or anything like that, but to listen and think through the logistics of whatever's been proposed and that sort of thing. So he's effectively a weedy bureaucrat, which means he's only six and a half foot tall and yeah. weighs 280 pounds kind of thing. He's probably like, the group's just in that. Yeah, very much like how all their cooks were the people who weren't hard enough to make it in the army. Yeah, you know? and they were all six foot tall and 200 pounds as yeah. well. Yeah. So... The general approaches you, um, looks looks at everyone pretty much immediately, sizes up who the hell Caelan, King of Stagthorn is, because yeah. there's really only one of you, um, and goes immediately down to one knee and bangs his hand hard on his heart with a dagger held in it, and then comes up, puts the dagger away, and says, Hail, Caelan, King of Stagthorn, I am Waylander, General of the former Armagh's army. Ah, this is going to be painful. Hail. Hail, Waylander, I see you. We received word a week a week and some days ago from a man on horse who rode unchallenged into our camp, and again he, he's got that same look you're used to where he's like, I'm explaining this, but it doesn't make sense to me. Um, who told us that you had laid claim to Orvin Bane, the sword of a mug twice born. I, fit, I sense truth in this, and I see in you a warrior's spirit. You have the strength enough to claim it. Aye, I, I did. Then we have come to be led, if you would lead us. To where shall we ride to war? I've no wish to lead you. You're, um, mighty warriors, it's, but you're no, um... But you're no kin of mine. If you um, wish to hear my will, I would um, see you return home to your own people. Our people are scattered across the plains. I have over a dozen separate tribes finally brought together under my command. And I would not see them squandered lightly to go back to our infighting when there are real enemies the Tiger Lords can fight. We need a strong leader. If you have claimed the blade, then you are that man. Why do you not take the status you have earned? Show us your enemies and we will crush them. If Fort Draylor displeases you, we will run it over again. 
and this time we will hold we will not hold back if such is your command the blade orphan bane has been I've destroyed the blade he stares at you at that you lie such a piece of legend cannot be destroyed and Kalen will sigh, yep. remove a sheath from his back, unsheath the whole sheath, yep. lay it on the table, and then gently remove the pieces of a bastard sword. Alright, so, at this point we cut back to the uh, Ocean's Eleven, back to the previously established conversation you'd had. Yeah. Um, what is your intent when interacting with these guys? It's, it's a question of... You're, you're approaching making social roles. Yeah. It's a question of what reaction you want to provoke this Waylander to, because you've, you've got a bunch of them. Um, he's established... You, you've already run on the theory that he was happy to surrender to you and give you the army. Yeah. If you were going to lead them to war, which you're not going to. So no. that's pretty off the table. Um, you are probably pretty unlikely to talk him into just pointlessly breaking up his army that he's got all ready to go here yeah. and wandering back to live in the plains again doing yeah. accomplishing nothing of note um, you could however endeavour to um, I think the question I'm asking is you could actually provoke him at this point so he attacks Elk's Rest whether or not that's necessarily a good idea for him while you're here with all your armies and secure and your defences and that sort of thing, push him into attacking. Um, or you could endeavour to defer this problem for another day and parlay with him and get him to leave, either because he, um, either because you offer him something or because he respects your strength to the point where he's not going to fight for it yet. Right, but the theory is he's still going to fight for it later, right? Well, he's going to have this thousand-man strong army, and he's going to do something with it. Yeah. Um, you could theoretically aim him elsewhere, although uh, how you would do that is, is very much a question. Yeah, and I don't particularly want him to conquer Fort Drelia. I mean, they didn't do a nice job the last time they were there. Yeah. Um, uh, but, for example, one thing you could do is send him off with the theory of, ah, I've, I've broken Orvin Bane, you know, it no longer exists, and leave him with the assumption that you must be lying, because it's a holy weapon of legend, and therefore you're hiding it in your city somewhere, and therefore I'm going to need maybe more cunning about this to actually get it than just smash, smash, smash at the walls. Right. Um, no, I don't see any merit to dragging this out. Yeah, if you want to, if what you want to do is fight the Tiger Lord army, then your advice from your council is pretty consistent this, is, this actually isn't necessarily the best shot you're going to get at it in that if they go away you can build you have time to build more armies and do other things with them yeah on the other hand here they're attacking you in your strongest defended location this is the, while while my armies could conceivably be stronger this is the most heavily defended point in my kingdom by quite some way if they assault me here my chances are much better than elsewhere yep um no I'm if they're going to fight me, now is the time I'm perfectly content for them to fight me. Okay, so in that case you are steering this conversation in the right direction. Yep. And Waylander looks at this and he picks up the blade, mm. presuming that you're not going to prevent him doing so, and looks at, and it looks, you know, it's rusty and old and broken, but it does look like Orphan Bane. And he... It is not a lie. 
Why, Duke, why would you do this? Throw power away. Throw opportunity away. It wasn't an opportunity. I, it wasn't an opportunity I wanted. The opportunity I wanted was to keep my people safe. I saw whoever claimed Orvin Bane as coming to be a threat to me, and given that it was the um, Hag Sisters of Gairona, who I hate with a fiery passion, who were sponsoring this mission, and um, Kaelin will at this point, and with no ceremony, empty a bag out onto the table next to Orvin Bane, which contains five black daggers and the remains of a hag shamble. Yeah. Keep in mind, he's got one of these people sitting yeah. in the back of his arm. And uh, Kaelin will look directly at her and yeah. say, who oh, I hate with yeah, the bloody surprisingly hasn't come up to the cushion. Yeah, and um, Kaelin will look at her and then drop the remains of the um, surviving things. I saw it as a threat to my kingdom. I don't think I was wrong, and Kaelin will glance around at the large army. I accept that that's a terrible insult to you and yours. That wasn't per se my intent, but it's happened nonetheless. Your intent is irrelevant. Aye, I figured it would be. You spit in the face of the Iron Lord and all the Tiger Lords. You desecrate our history, our artifacts. You will not be allowed to walk away from this day, Caelan Thorne. This calls for war, and war, and blood for blood. Let it be settled on a battlefield, then. Aye. Caelan will nod, and let that be. Uh, And can you give me an intimidate? Yep. How well this is going to take. Just put it up. Because he's going to try and kick your ass anyway, because he has no idea what your defences and offences and all that sort of thing look like. Ooh! 35. Okay. Mm-hmm. And given your explicit aim here is to goad him into, um... To, is to goad him into getting his army destroyed here. You have deliberately sort of aimed this in such a way to try and provoke this reaction out of him. And you get it. He gets good and mad. He's coming for a real fight now. Yeah. He's not just coming to have a casual poke at you and see what your defences look like. Yeah. It's killing time. Yeah. Alright. If you pass me my killing dice. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We can get to the killing. Yep. Killing. With the barbarians there's no G. Ah. Yeah. I actually really don't want to fight the Tiger Lords at all, but if I'm going to fight them, I want to do it here. Yeah, yeah, but the, the the thing is, your alternative, what you'd like, is for them to just disappear like magic. Yeah, well, they... I want them to go home, home so we don't have to kill them all, but, you know, they're not going to go home, so I'm going to have to kill them all. Just how it rolls out. This is going to be a bit more complicated than any army combat that we've done hitherto. That's very true. Can I have the army rules? You gave me army rules? Apparently not. You gave me the army sheets, but you didn't give. They're in the same envelope as the kingdom rules, which I don't believe you gave me. Uh, or not, or not, or not, or not, or you gave me the army rules. My humble apologies. I am merely misleading you in an effort to make your life more difficult. 
Okay, so in terms of how this multiple armies on the field works in terms of attacks and that, yep. that's relatively easy because they will attack one of yours yep. and you will obviously all attack the same guy because you're not having a three-way army combat here. Yep. Uh, in terms of um, in terms of the morale checks for strategies, I think what I will give you is take the best of the armies that you have on the field. That sounds That sounds good. As I sort of, I, I kind of, because I've got four generals, but yeah. one kind of sovereign commander. Yeah, and you need to coordinate your armies to actually work together. You yeah. can't just put the four of them on the field and go, go nuts, guys. Yeah. I think all four generals will be taking their field with their armies, because yes. all the armies are doing different things yes. in different places. But um, in terms of who's leading my combined army strength, that would be Sir Frederick March. I'd argue with. Because he's, you know, the best one. Okay. So in that case, uh, can you give me, when we go into army combat, the Waylander goes back to his army, the Tiger Lords draw their various great axes and with a howl of fury descend upon your walls, Yep. and you bring your various armies to bear against them. Yes. Strategy. Can I have a piece of information? Specifically, can I get my city sheet so I can see what Elk's Rest defensive modifier is? Yes, certainly. Giving me that one, I apologise, but I don't think I have enough envelopes. No, no, again, I'm just failing. Sorry. There we go. Oh, stress. Defensive modifier of plus 12. This is not going to be a good day to be a mother. <laughs> okay, and then we are rolling relative morale checks. Yep. We land on the winner. Alright. That's a 23. Okay, so it's all you to... Uh, oh, sorry, so it's them picking first, because they yep. lose. Uh, they are... He is angry, but he is not stupid. Uh, they will go standard for this. Okay. Um, now, um, the... So, um, the bowmen have ranged weapons and thus yep. get a ranged phase. Yep. So do the centaurs. The yep. other two armies don't. Yep. Um, Keston's bowmen and the kobolds have dirty fighters, which I believe is a plus... Uh, six, six on the first round. Yep. yep. And um, the other guys have cavalry experts. Um, the centaurs and the stag yep, Which gives you two offense against armies that aren't mounted. The tiger yep. lords are not mounted. Cool. So plus two... Yeah. Okay, so um, tactics-wise, um, the um, Keston's bowmen and the stag runners are going to go in at normal. Yep. Um, and um, the other two arm, the kobold defenders and the centaurs are going to go in at cautious. Yep. Because um, they are quite small relative to the rest of these guys. Yep. Um, and I'm endeavouring to get take the hit from either the bowmen or the stag runners as one of the more fort fort advancing guys. Yep. Okay. All yep. good. So the Tiger Lord army charges forward, and as they do, they charge into the hail of initial arrows before they get within the relative safety of the shadow of your walls. Yep. And you get two free shots at them. Yep. So Kirsten's bowmen take a shot. Now we discover how well 5 on 1 army combat works. Yep. Um, so, uh, 
Kirsten's Bowman get a 24 to... Um, Which hits the defence value. Yep. Uh, so 24, yeah, that's right. It's been a while. Yep. You deals them damage. Yep, and then the centaurs... Does the cautious apply to the ranged phase? I can't remember. Uh, is that... Yeah, so if you are choosing to use that tactic, it's minus one to their offence, two on their morale. Is that uh, the one? Uh, cautious combat? No? Uh, no, it's not a tactic. It's the um, it's the level of the defence. It's one condition down from normal. Yes, uh, so it's all your offence goes down by two, all yep. your defence goes up by two. Cool, so yes. Um, so the centaurs staying a bit further back because they're actually yes, assault- like you can bring your you, you, they wouldn't be up on the back they're, 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 they're assaulting from behind they're, they're trying to pincer the tiger lords from behind but they're you know staying well out of their actual range that's a uh, 12 that will not do it yeah so they don't get very many actual shots off yep okay and then we I figure we might as well go tiger lords first yeah seems appropriate yep uh, so the Tiger Lords will close with Keston's bowmen, yep. irritated by these sissies firing their bows at them, yep. and just more or less rend into them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as they do so, uh, you will see their tactic in action. Um, that they are... Um, it's it's the expert. It's the same ability as the expert flankers thing, but it's not about surrounding you and distracting you. It's about aggro rush charge. They yep. get bonus offense at a, at a penalty to defense yep. as their tactic. Uh, the, however, uh, uh, that is twenty eight. Um, that will not hit Keston's Bo- Bowman's AC. Keston yep. Bowman have the advantage of a full defensive wall. Yep. Um, and um, they also have sniper support, which means they do two extra damage. Um, but I don't know if that's only if that applies to the ranged one or only the offense or only uh, the... each round they successfully damage an army with an offense check. So I would give you one, but not both. So I'll do it now. Yeah, and then you don't damage yes, anything the, to melee. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, okay, and then you are in melee with the tiger lords. Yep. Okay. So. Um, and Dirty Fighters is a... Six to offense. Six to offense round. on the first round. Yep. Okay, so I will begin with the Bowman. Yep. To make a shot at a normal and then a plus six. But don't get the sniper support advantage. So they... However... Plus six. Um, 23 on the first round. Uh, yes. Yep. Injured. Okay. Um, the wee Kobold Defenders, who... Um, do have a good opportunity on the first round to actually do some damage. Um, that's a minus two, and then a plus six. Get a twenty-one. Injured. The centaurs who roll extremely well to make up for their variousness to get a twenty-one. Injured again. And the stag runners. Uh, crit. <laughs> yep. Which is a D four in addition. Yes, it is. Um, so give me the total. Give me their total first. Yep, um, is a 29. Okay, and then a d4 on top of that. Is a... Um, three. Three. And um, the cavalry experts is a bonus to attack. Yep. Yep. Which I will take into account. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. All good. Yes. Okay, so 
your armies basically surround Pincher, Pincer and Obliterate and, and run the Tiger Lords through yep. with a rain of arrows and cunning strikes and clever tricks and little smoke bombs and tunnels under the fields and all this sort of thing. Yeah. And when the smoke clears and that, the Tiger Lord army have taken several injuries and there are many dead amongst them, but those who are standing are still standing hard. Um, they've got a good pile of hit points to roll through here. Yep. There, each individual soldier is exceptionally tough. Like, yep. got barbarian levels again. Yep. Um, alright. we go. Uh, you can see how, though, though these guys have not yet penetrated their defences, they can, your defences, they can hit reasonably hard. Yeah. If you had a lot less armies, Dreyleaf has lots of defences, but a lot less armies. Yeah, and the thing and is... And the defences make a hot difference, of course. And the thing about a lot of little armies is that I have a lot of attacks, but none of my armies have that many hit points. Yeah. If they get a good solid hit in, some of my guys are going to have are going to run into some problems. And so, that's that. Well, we go again. Yes, Morales. Okay. Uh, 24. That's definitely you, so Waylander declares first. Uh, he will jump to aggressive. They are going to have to penetrate your defences and start cutting down some of your armies, or eventually the 5-1-1's just going to destroy them. Yep. And I'm going to stay with the normal, the normal cautious pattern at present. Yep. Okay. And um, Tiger Lords get their first hit in. So... This time they've regrouped from their initial assault, they've regathered, and they redouble their assault, this time howling with a berserk fury as they give in to their rage. And it must be said, start sh- shrugging off several of their wounds. They effectively effectively gain temporary hit points for the yeah. army, which is effectively healing them up some damage. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll get them. I'll give them their temporary hit point pile, I'll check through that, because theoretically when their rage runs out that will go away. Yeah. Um, and they redouble their efforts and throw themselves into blades and arrows, berserk with fury, clawing and stabbing to get a kiss at the moment. Yep. Rage. Aggressive. Brutal assault. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a lot of pluses to their attack. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's going to be... That is 34 to hit them. Yep, so that will surmount Keston's Bowman's AC and deal them 4 points of damage. Yep. And because they have gotten through, they deal another 2 points. Yep. They've again got a thing that's similar to Sniper's Port, but it's just brute angry rage. This yep. is more cleaving. Once they get in, they keep hitting people. Yep. And that is all of them. Yep, and it is the Bowman. Yep. Roll poorly... Their AC is lowered by their aggressive stance and their rage. Yeah, so that is a 14 on the bowman. Uh, that, however, will not hit. Yeah, that was a poor roll. The first round, everybody rolled well, so yep. this is going to be a... Um, the kobolds will flat miss yep. by miles. They've sort of done their initial sneaky thing. Um, the centaurs will roll very well, however. They've sort of got everybody yep. running in towards the bowman is what they wanted them to do. Um, so they've got the, the cautious cancels out the OM but cancels out the um, cavalry expert thing. So that's a 21 for the centaurs. Uh, that will start chewing the temporary hit points. Yep, and the stag runners will also roll well, and for them that's kind of. And the stag runners will do 27. 
Well, they're human hit points. Mm-hmm. Okay. All good. Yep. And then we go back to morale. Yes. Foot. Well, then going to win one. Yep. Um, that's a um, 12. Yep. Definitely. You need to declare first. Yep. Um, the bowmen are going to go switch down to cautious. Yep. To, as they appear to be taking the brunt of it. Yep. And um, everybody else is going to stay where they are. Okay. So now well, now that I've declared... Uh, he's going to drop back to standard at this point. Yep. And it is him leading out with whichever army he wants to choose the target. Yep, yep. His people are getting chewed up, uh, but is not in a position to... Um, well, rather, this is the sort of point where he should be probably thinking about retreating. Yeah. But he's angry because of the intimidate check. Yeah. And just behaving in the fashion that Caelan was endeavouring to provoke from him. Yeah. So, he's got to stay in it with no chance of winning it. Yeah. Because, man, 5 on one fighting a city is no fair at all. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, if they're going to come all the way into Altrist, it's, um... <laughs> It was a poor decision on their part. <laughs> and he has no particular instinct. So it's going to be the bottom. But again, they're the yep. targets of opportunity. Yep, I was on a matter of sound call there. Die, motherfuckers. 32. Yep, um, that will equal but not exceed their um, current cautious AC. Uh, you fail to damage them yet. So they will land several hard blows and injure several of the bowmen and that sort of thing. Yeah. And then realise they have been pulled too deeply into this trap. Yes. To drive. The bowmen take a swing at them and will flat miss. Yep. They're, um, they're just ducking <laughs> yeah. at this point. Duck and cover, there's great axes. The kobold will totally miss. They're hiding entirely. You may not actually be able to see any kobolds on the battlefield at this point. Alright, the centaurs will crit fumble. Yep, meaning they need to, they basically forced a position where they need to rush out of the battlefield. Or yeah, they, they, they did some great galloping pasting, but now they need to bridge. Right. And the stag runners will also crit fumble. Oh! Can you guys? <laughs> Alright, and it is a quiet round. Nobody does anything. And it is morale checks again. Uh, 20 on our end. Uh, that is him declaring for us. So, recognising that your people are out of position and weak. Yeah. Um, he is going to go back to aggressive. Okay, and I'm going to keep our guys where they are. Okay. And it is your lead-off first. <sighs> he will go kill these bowmen. Yep. Ooh. Uh, so that's a crush. Well, that's not good. Uh, that is 42. Nasty. Plus a d4. Yep. Uh, plus three. Yep. So, uh, three is... And they drop to 19. Yep. Which I assume is not um, 25% of the hit points or anything? It, it is not. Okay. <laughs> They're on about half hit points. Yep. This, roughly half hit points at this point. So they have definitely taken some solid blows. The bowman will take a swing and um, roll well. Um, however, they are various penalties for this duck plan. Um, the bowmen ta- do 23. Yep, that will definitely hit. Regen Waffle Waffle. Honey is starting to get its ass kicked. Looking like they're approaching routing. 
the kobolds will miss. Yep. The centaurs will roll well. Uh, that's a that's a twenty one from the centaurs. Yep. Now you're remembering that the centaurs and the other ones are out of position and can't attack because they're. Oh, they're minus one. Sorry, scratch that. The centaurs do not roll well. Yep. The centaurs and the stag runners get back in position. Yep. And that is that round. Thanks for reminding me about that, sweetie. I did, forgot you weren't saying that for flavour and that was an actual thing. Yep, so the bowmen do some damage, the kobolds miss, and the other two armies get back in position. And uh, Waylander's army is forced to roll morale check versus routing. They're yep. down to 25% or less of their hit points. Yep. Uh, which they will succeed at. Uh, so, no, sorry. No. No, they won't succeed at. So, they are routing here, and what you will see is that you have done enough damage to have killed off several of the more aggressive people at the front. Um, you're, you're talking about a couple of hundred dead people here out of this thousand at this point, pretty yeah. easily. Um, and they are starting to scatter. And when the army starts to scatter here, what it does is it just falls apart rapidly into a group of organized subcultures. Yeah. You assume there's context here you're missing as to why it's clearly obvious to the to the Tiger Lords that these people are of Clan X and these people are of Clan Y. To Caitlin's eyes, they're kind of a more homogenous whole. Um, but they are splitting off back into their separate tribes, and once they do that, their strategy starts to fall apart, and they are routing and fleeing off the battlefield. Yep. Uh, so you get a final offense check to get a parting shot at them. Yeah, um... I am trying to work out whether or not to take that. Because I believe if the army just routes, they have the opportunity to potentially reform. Yes, yes they do. They they run off, reform, and start healing themselves. Yeah, so I'm not super... Which will happen very slowly, yeah. on a relative level, but... Um, I'm not super keen on it as a plan. However, um... Given is this a new round or the um, uh, at the end of the at the end of the round they are on less than twenty five percent of their hit points they're forced to make a morale check or route they fail the morale check and immediately route yeah so it's the end of the round they're running off yeah so so two of my armies are still out of position is my would be my take on that given that it's the end of the round the centaurs and the stag runners are still getting uh, se- separate things okay because the round is over. Yeah. Between rounds, they endeavour to flee. Yeah. You have five people to take a free shot at them with. Yeah. So I will take I will take free shots and endeavour to break them as they depart. Hard to argue with. Yep. Okay. So, and just at my existing tactics. Yep. Existing. Yes. You don't need a choice on that. Yeah. One. Yeah. So, Kirsten's bowman will crit fumble. Yep. And the bowmen are actually, you know, having taken half their hit points and already being all cautious, the yeah, bowmen yeah, are... Yeah, treating themselves. Yeah, the, the bowmen are taking shots from... The, 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 the bowmen that are shooting are taking shots from lying on their stomachs. They're not getting a great roll. Uh, the kobolds will miss. Again, mm-hmm. they they pretty much have been hiding since the first round. The centaurs will, I would say, uh, yeah, quite definitely miss. And... Hang on. Stag runners roll fumble dice and re-roll. Stag runners just number number one. So everyone missed that. Yep. Yep. They um we 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 definitely have the option to pursue them because you know we yep. have four armies here. I mean, if we engage in battle again, we won't have our massive defense modifiers, but um, right. but they do successfully route. So 
the Tiger Lord barbarians rout. They flee the battlefield. Um, um, so they flee the battlefield and essentially begin fleeing from the Hex. Um, they recover back to their full hit points after a month. Yeah. Um, or if they rest, they heal up a little bit each day until they get back to their... Um, basically, we either measure it in kingdom time or we measure it in... Um, day by day, depending on how actively you pursue them or not. Yeah. Um, but for the moment they are booking, for the moment this battle is over. Yep. And you get uh, because they are all your armies on the battlefield instead of mercenaries, one of them can make a loyalty check to gain a new tactic. Yep. Um, the stag runners botched the end of that, but um, the Kestens Bowmen already have two tactics, so yep. I'm not as enthused by it. Um, so I will give it to and the stag runners did a fair amount of the damage. I will give it to them. Mm-hmm. So that's a morale check to learn a new tactic. A loyalty check against your kingdom. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Let's um, roll the dice and look up. Oh, that's all right. Bug it to both of you. Um, all right. If it's a one, it's not a crit fumble, is it? It's still a calculation, or is it... Uh, because of the loyalty check, it is a fail. Yeah, that's right. You want to fail your kingdom checks on ones and pass them automatically on twenties? Yeah, no, the, um... What my armies learn is it helps to um, outnumber the other guys and fight behind defensive, massive defensive city walls. Yeah. We actually kind of... The, the last rounds, we were kind of the clampets. We fucked up a lot of things. We, we do not learn a new tactic. Yep, missed your opportunity to destroy them. Well, not, not actually, because, no. um, you know, I, I haven't ruled out just running them down with our um, remaining armies. Yep. It's merely that um, that will be a more even battle. All good. Yep. Okay, so Waylander's army routes and flees the battlefield. Yep. And basically the way this works is then we drop back to slower time. Yeah. So they run out of this immediate field and exit and start moving off into the hex. Yeah. And then we cut back to Kaelin making his glorious strategical decisions about what he wants to do next. Yep. So Keston's bowmen are on half their hit points. Yep. So they can st- they are actually still a functioning army and can come along for the ride. The stag runners in the central army are fine. And the Cobalt Defenders are definitely staying in Elk's Rest and not coming along for the party. Yep. Their job is to defend Elk's Rest plus their tiny. <laughs> not just tiny people, they're also a tiny army. Yep. Um, the Centaurs aren't super huge either, but there are, uh, but there are certainly more of them. Um, so my plan would be to take the Stag Runners and the Centaurs and probably Keston's Bowman as well. Yeah, and Keston's Bowman as well as one of my two ranged armies, yeah. although I may be a bit more careful with them, and um, pursue these guys. Yep, fair enough. Um, and ha- if, I ca- if I, assuming I catch them, my thing would be to have a parley and demand a surrender, or else we'll, we'll keep killing them. Yep. So the conception is they go home, they don't come back. So basically there are options available to them. Uh, they can run... Yeah. And just keep running because effectively they get a lead on you by exiting first. Yeah, I think it. Uh, because your armies are not ready to just immediately roll out on a day's long no. pursuit of them. Um, so they can run and keep running until basically they exit your borders because there's only going to be so long you yeah, don't want yeah. to chase them necessarily. Yeah. 
I mean, you can actually chase them into the Tiger Lord lands if you so yep. desire, but... But it is some question of whether I want to do that. Yeah. Um, and as long as they can go faster than you, you can't stop them doing it. Yep. Um, it's just a question of how long you're willing to pursue them. However, they can't go faster than you because your centaur army at least can catch them. Yep. Um, so the question is, are you going to send the centaurs ahead to catch them? Or keep them... You can easily order the centaurs to move at speed 2 instead of speed 3. They can do that trivially. But then you're going to fall behind them. Yeah. The centaurs are not a big enough army to fight the Tiger Lords on their own. They are two size categories lower than them. They are a great army, but they're not big enough for what I want them to do here. Um, They are going to stay with the pack. Okay. That being the case... I just need to work out how far they can get before they need to either stop or um, come up with an alternate plan. Yep. Okay, so they start fleeing back into into the Hooktang Slough. And this time actually go through the swamp itself instead of around it, which slows them, but it slows you. Yeah. So it's... it's um, and you get pretty accurate reports from your scouts of where they are ahead of you, and etc., etc. Uh, and they get a day ahead of you, and you continue to pursue them at that speed. They haven't stopped, they're still going. Yeah, yes. Okay, then they get two days ahead of you. Yeah. Then they get three days ahead of you. Yeah. And then they stop. Okay. And start resting. Okay. To recover their hit points. Yep. Um, so they are now in the Hooktang Slough. They are now out the other side of the Hooktang Slough, actually just down a hex from Fort Drelev. Right, yep. And ha- uh, camped out and resting to recover. Uh, that'll be their, their CR and hit points over three days. Yep. Do I want to have a big battle with all my armies right next to Fort Drelev? Well, that's probably what they're wondering about as well. Is, um, you know, Drelev might be incentivized to come out and take a poke at whoever's, um, yeah, losing. Yeah. Or possibly evil team-up action or what have you. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, at that point I'm not going to, um... At the point that they're that close to Fort Dre- that far into the Hooktang, make it that far in front of me into the Hooktang Slough before they stop, and are that close to Full Drelev, I'm not going to continue to pursue them. Okay. So what are you going to do? Pull your armies back again? Yeah, I'm going to w- pull my armies back again and um, keep them on active for the time being to um, um, recover themselves. Yep. Well, your guys aren't actually particularly injured in any way, are they? Well, the, bo- the bowmen are. Right. The bowmen are on half hit points. Yep. Although, they've now had, um... Because they... Did they go with you? Yes, they did. Yeah. 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 And so, they don't get to rest because yeah, they're the, all the, the thing is that, um... My army... Like, the, the bowmen and the stag runners are tough, but the sta- the um, bowmen are badly hurt. Yep. The centaurs are quite a bit... Have a bunch of neat abilities, but they're quite a bit lower than the other armies. And without huge defensive modifiers, the Tiger Lords could cut a pretty huge swathe. Yep, I yep. think I'd still win, but if what happens after that is my decimated armies Drelev marches out and stomps on them, okay. that's actually a result I don't want. So, it sounds like 
Army combat is over then. Yeah, I think so. The the Tiger Lords, uh, unless the Tiger Lords respond by showing any aggressive signs, we will. Uh, for the moment, they're just sitting there, yeah, healing up. Yeah. Uh, can you roll me a D percentile? Uh, that would be a ninety-five. Okay. Uh, so you, when you go through the assorted bodies you've got left and war reports and that sort of thing, Waylander escaped in charge of his army, yeah. which is presently reforming. Um, and the Black Sister is nowhere to be found. She is not with the army anymore. But nor has she been slain on the battlefield. She's escaped in the chaos. Damn. Yep. Yep. And that is that. Yes. So then we probably cut back to kingdom time at that. They're certainly not about to immediately turn around and take another poke at you. Yeah, I'd say... Because at this point, as soon as you go to kingdom time, everybody heals back to full, and that's that's the end of it. Yeah, I think at this point the armies gradually become inactive and return to their places of doing business. Yep. All good. Yep. At which point I would call that about three weeks of activity. Yep. A week, a week marching in, a week marching across, possibly four weeks. Yeah, you spent. No, no, you no, not definitely. It's that that'd be about two. Yeah, that'd be three because you yep. shoot them, then head back again. Yeah, and then by the time we get everyone back to their respective bases, yep. So that is quite a lot of build points. And Draylon's army do not come out to have a poke at the Tiger Lords. Yeah. I didn't figure they would. guys in in potentially hot pursuit. Yeah. So that is 11 points of consumption. Um, Could I have your assistance? The centaurs don't have a defensive value. Okay. They are a large centaur army. The kobolds is another large army, and they don't have any particular um, armor or anything like that. The kobolds have a DV of 13, so possibly the centaurs do as well, but apparently I didn't write it down. I apologise for that. That's the thing that so is there a large army? Yeah, they have a DV of 13. Yeah, thank you. Because absent of the centaurs having any particular abilities that make them better. Yeah, I didn't think they, they did. Alright, so... No, what the centaurs have is they're fast, they're mounted, and they're ranged. Yeah. There we go. And I had 62 bill points in the treasury. I used 33 of them fighting that battle. So Wayland has done rather well for himself there, then. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, um, it was very, on the other hand, if one of my guys had rolled, if, if the, um, stag runners had rolled the 19 on the cox dice instead of the one on the re-roll, yep. that would have been, um... Yeah, yeah, they had like three hit points left to go out. Yeah, and I was about to do a 28, so I would have smashed them into tiny bits. But yes, the fact that they successfully routed was a pain in my ass. Such are the vagaries of fate. Yeah. I'm just going to have to build some bigger armies. <laughs> and get better dice. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, I rolled a bunch of 20s in the first couple of rounds. Like, part of the reason I was kicking their ass... I mean, um, I didn't lose anything in that fight except for a bunch of build points to supply my army. But yes, it's undeniably... Having a bunch of big armies as opposed to one massive one is more expensive consumption-wise... Which is not very surprising. Yeah, on the other hand, five shots to their one is yeah. kind of brutal. Yeah, yeah. But they, just, they, they did nothing to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, um... Yeah, I mean, I've got two 38 hit point armies, and they reduced yeah, yeah. the hit points of one of them by half. <laughs> yeah, well, considering their big trick is hit you really hard. Yeah, yeah, it worked great. 
but I'm not as convinced it would have worked as well with three armies rather than four, subtracting 12 from everybody's defensive modifiers and having a battle right next to Dreyleth City. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just because I was kicking their ass when I had a massive yeah, well, defensive because, modifier. Because they got ahead of you, they didn't need to just hit you once. Yeah. You, you didn't need to just hit them once, because yeah. they have had a couple of days to recover hit points. Yeah. If you'd chased them down with the centaurs then you'd have had a lot better shot of killing them, but... It's do I want to get my centaur army massed? I mean, the thing is, from a purely Cold Kingdom pragmatical thing, the centaur army kill them, they kill the centaur army is a pretty good trade, but I'm not super happy about that as a plan. It'd be different if the centaur army was remotely equipped. Yeah, yeah, that'd certainly be some fallout if the one army that got killed of yours happened to be kobolds or centaurs or something, and start screaming racial profiling. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's not really, you know, it's not their fault they're faster than everybody I mean, they're a smaller army than everybody else and faster than everybody else. Their reward for that shouldn't be to take on the biggest army we've ever fought all by themselves. So, basically, when you start pulling your army back, yeah. uh, Waylander's army gets up and moves. Yeah. And moves away from you and away from Fort Drelev and back towards the hillocks they came from. Yeah, they're heading back to their rendezvous point. Yeah. Yeah. Which, considering my original plan was to have them sit there for a few months and then go attack them, um, I'm not totally heartbroken by that. I mean, I certainly wouldn't have said no to the opportunity to defeat them uh, here, but I certainly haven't ruled that out as a plan. Yep. And there we are. Yep. Kaelin is victorious. Kaelin is victorious. But not totally victorious. Just mostly victorious. Okay. What would you like to do now? Shall we leave it there for the session? I would say leave it there for the session. Okay, so... Your armies return to Elk's Rest and probably begin um, settling or deactivating or whatever. Yeah, pretty um, much. But paying all these guys is not che- paying all these guys yeah, war uh, rates is not cheap. And when you go to Kingdom Turn, you'll get the report. Waylander's army goes back up. Um, they do not return to exactly the point the hex they came from because that was effectively where they were just waiting outside the trial grounds. Yeah. Uh, actually, where they go back to is the one that has the trial grounds in it. Yeah. And then start deactivating themselves. Yeah. Not um, not not breaking up, merely yeah. going back to inactive. Yeah, which is what they were before. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So once again, if they come back, you'll get seven days warning that they're yeah. doing it. Which is a plus. Um, and that is that, I think. So yeah, and when your armies return back to Elk's Rest... They're greeted with victorious cheers because you have driven off the hostile invaders and the people are delighted. Yes. It may have cost you a lot of money, but or to, to run what, in all fairness, you must have like a thousand guys worth of army there yeah. easily. And in all fairness, what it cost me was one kingdom's um, one kingdom's taxes. Yeah, yeah. I got made 35 build points plus 12 in that last kingdom. Yeah, a month's worth for the biggest war that Stagthorn's ever seen. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So the people cheer as you have bought them victory and driven off the hostile invaders for now. Meanwhile, Hannes Drelev sits and plots how he can use all of this to his advantage. And then that is... Then we will see what happens next. Dun, dun, dun. And here's the discussion we had before the session started about Corwin. Okay, so... Now you can have the greatest hits of stuff what you wanted to know about Corwin but never dared to ask. Yep. The clickbait title. Yep, so what was the deal with his kids? So the basic thing was you, you got most of this, which was um, he was a dwarven diplomat. 
who I didn't bother to define a lot of this overly mm. because the, the details were pretty relevant. He was a dwarven diplomat in the deep dwarven mines up to the north of Brevort. Mm. Um, was a miner for like 200 years, mm. you know, a diplomat for another 100. Mm. No, no problem, he's only 359 mm. when he died, mm. so no mm. problem there. Um, and over that period of time, he had a wife. He had seven children, I have mm. listed in my notes. Um, and basically he had them, had a family, you know, and his family got older and went about their normal dwarven lives. None of them have done anything um, world-shatteringly remarkable with it. You know, some of them are minors, some of them are up in Brevoy, some of them have gone across the world, some of them are living in Janderhof in a bunch of places. If you desire to steal a Steel River descendant dwarf and stick him somewhere else in Giant Slay, you're welcome to. Um... Silver tongue, and yes. But yeah, the, the theory was that he had, um, when he had seen his fate coming and he was supposed to die killed in that skeleton ambush, he went there with the full assumption that he would die and like left his will behind and his wife and his children behind and that sort of thing, and then didn't die, mm. and then didn't go home again to them, and just walked off and left them with the assumption that he was dead. Like, and what they got back was a bunch of skeletons killed a bunch of dwarves here, corns, you know, presumed dead. Mm. And then they all went on with their lives. His wife died fairly shortly after that of natural causes. Mm. Um, and he went on to look for a... to look to get the death he was expecting. Mm. And basically literally turned around and went, right, okay, I'm going to do the most dangerous thing I can possibly imagine. I... I absolutely cannot commit suicide mm. because that violates everything I believe about fate and death and all the rest of it. Mm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to seek out the most dangerous, foolhardy activity I can possibly think up. You know, I've no particular strength or great will at arms, so I'm going to take up a sword and become, you know, a mercenary adventurer. Yeah. I look for CR-appropriate challenges and get my ass kicked and killed. Right? Mm-hmm. And of course, what happened was he went from being a relatively weedy dwarf with high charisma as his stats, to his charisma bottomed out to six because he was no longer able to influence the fate of other people. Um, and then, um, you know, his strength and con and dex all went up because in his efforts to seek his death, what he did was religiously did giant piles of sit-ups and workouts and sword play and lifting and all this and that. So he trained like a motherfucker for five years yeah. and became a dwarven badass. Mm-hmm. So, um, the when I asked him about his children, I got that he didn't want to talk about them. Yeah. But I didn't get why. It was uh, It's because he feels that he's left that life behind. Right. It's not that he doesn't love his children or isn't interested in them anymore, but he feels that his fate is not to go back to them. <laughs> Felt that his fate was not to go back to them and resume a life with them. And thus it's just kind of pointlessly... um, It's pointlessly poking himself to keep track of where they are and what they're doing and all that sort of thing. So it's literally like he's cut himself off from them because he thinks it's inappropriate for him to spend time with them. Very much so. And thus he doesn't want to think about them too much because that's rubbing in that he can't spend time with them. Yeah, it's it's, I had children. Those children are, are now functionally dead to me. Yep. You know, so I don't want to dwell on it, and I don't really want to tell you all about how one of my sons was doing this and that and the other thing, because A, 
I don't really know what they're doing anymore because that yeah. was 10 years ago and B, I just don't want to talk about it. Yeah, and no, C, no. I'm not a very social person anyway because I've got six charisma. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense and I'm glad to hear there wasn't some kind of rift which no. was my theory. No, he, he had a perfectly normal, happy marriage and seven happy children beyond the sort of normal rifts that develop of when you have children, you know, and then have them for 150 years. Yeah, yeah. It's that dwarven thing of dwarves live apart from their parents when they can because they can. yeah. Yes, he came adventuring to secure his ultimate fate, and that's why he came down with yes. Gaston Garrus, because he figured, well, there's one of him and a shitload of bandits, so this looks like a suicide mission, so I'm up for it. Particularly because Gaston was clearly not Mr. Confident Commander. Yep, and yet somehow he didn't die. Yep, just keeps on happening. Mm-hmm. I think that was the main question that I had. Yep. You're welcome to burble on about other stuff you want to tell me. Uh, if you want his other... Um, relationshipy things that you didn't get. He's a very straightforward character, build-wise, with pretty yeah. much no secrets from you. High strength, high con, high wisdom. Yeah. Piss poor charisma, no skill points of any kind. Yeah. Um, his two traits are death will not take me and deep diver. Yeah. The only feat he has is hero of destiny, now 200. taken five or possibly six times. Yeah, 200 times, yep. For very obvious reasons now. Yeah. So I figured um, when I get my next level, I can rebuild the character and um, take Corwin's twenty-point ability out. Yep, we'll sort it out. Yeah, but I mean that seems like an that seems like an appropriate time to do it, as I you know look in and take her in the world, and it sinks in the corner's gone style of thing. Yep, his um his last relationship bonus that you didn't get is our destiny lies among different stars, which is what Obi-Wan tells Luke just before he dies. Yeah. It's completely inappropriate to call one, but so fucking awesome it had to go in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, which is basically Corwin gets marked as doomed, and at any point you, the player, can tag that ability and go, right, this is the encounter where he dies heroically. Awesome. At which point he gets a shitload of buffs, which largely comprise of confirms all crits, bonuses to hit, bonuses to saves, bonuses to this, damage, hit points, blah, 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 blah. He's got a big string of, you get a big shitload of bonuses, and at the end of this encounter, no matter what, you die doing it. Yeah. So you strike the last blow against the thing. Yeah. I could see him doing this against a Jabberwocky somewhere in there. Yeah. Um... You strike the last blow epically against it and die in the process of doing it somehow. Yeah. Uh, and then the final part of that ability is when you die, grab all the fate points you've still got and throw them at Kalen. Sweet. That's cool when dies, have five fate points because that's what he's got left. Uh, his various ability things of which you got... Kind of kicking ass with him. Uh, it looks to me like you have all but one of them yeah. with him. Sweet. Uh, stop Keston Garris from drinking. Was yep. one of his book. I remember. Ones. I remember that very clearly. Uh, build a graveyard in a temple to Phrasma, which yep. you eventually did several yep. books later. Uh, it took ages to get round to the temple of Phrasma. <laughs> engage in immediate violence with no attempt at. Um, Diplomacy against the spirit of Davic Nettles, the yep. guy the stag lord killed, which, I totally spike, did. which you did immediately. Uh, the second one was Slay Hagrolka, which was pretty much a gimme. Yeah. Um, yes, I'd certainly be in some trouble if I hadn't. Uh, save Jubilus Nathropel's wagon, where all the gnomes were drowning. Yeah, which water is, thing. Because he didn't want people taking against perfectly good rivers. Yep. 
you didn't get his third one, which was build your capital on the edge of a lake, a lake or a sea, no. sea thing. Um, no, I didn't get that, and I didn't get the points for the um, creep, the church of um, what's her name, the suicide goddess. Um, also wanted me to put the capital on water. Uh, the, the church of Madeira that yeah. you're making build point deals with, yes. Yeah, but, but um, I wasn't because I didn't put the capital on water. Uh, book three, take him to the Shrike Cascade, which you did. Yep. Slay Vordekai, which you did. Uh, defeat two armies worth of dread cyclopses, or two of them in personal combat with Corwin, which you, I think, actually did both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't do his book five and six ones, obviously, yet. Yep. Uh, Book four, uh, Win the Drunken Joust, was his first one, which you did not do. No. Uh, Destroy Armag the Twiceborn, which you did pretty conclusively <laughs> yeah. two, two times. Yeah. Just triggered off killing the, the guy yeah, that had the sword. And, now, now, and, now, and now, now, now Armag the Twice, now to be known as Armag the Twice Kill. Uh, and the last one of which, which you simply didn't get to, was um, claim three hexes that have natural lines on them into the kingdom. Right, yeah. Which um of which I think you have two. I have two out of three listed here. Yeah, so I I just I, I imagine the third is somewhere in Fort Dragon. Yeah, se- several of these are um things that there's no particular reason they come up in book four because that's around the time when you could achieve them. But no the, particular my... reason you couldn't pick out those points in book six instead. Yeah. Several of the others have um things like that as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Corwin's Temple of Phrasma thing. You know, that was like a book two one that I got in book four. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And one of Michaela's ones was keep three promises you made to your backers, which yeah. you could do really at any point. Yeah. And it was a while until I had. Yeah. There's quote lines that have for him is you can't fight fate, la. <laughs> is that the um, bring out Corwin's accent line? Yep. Yeah. Yes, Bryn's is wind is changing. Yes. Tristan's is, oh, how exciting. <laughs> uh, and Michaela is swords battle men, words battle nations. <laughs> And of course, um, crystals is get your goddamn hands get off. Get your goddamn hands off. Huh? Yeah, and that's pretty, pretty much that. Cool one. Yeah, well, um, you know, the next session will have some more closure style stuff as everyone deals with him being gone. Yep. And, you know, the title of Lord Army. And monuments and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I've got a cunning plan. Where else are you going to pick up a guy that can uh, make a difficulty 20 check for swimming in full plate without rolling? <laughs> hey, I'm going to miss the shit out of Corwin. I enjoyed his um, his cleric who only ever put points in swim. Mm-hmm. But I was waiting for a um, I was waiting for a cool um, a cool send off for him. Yeah. And um, that was a cool send off. And you know, if you're gonna go to an extra planar dimension with a guy, with, you want to go with a guy who can cast plan shift. <laughs> Not just someone opens a plane shift door and then you go through with another guy and leave the guy who can cast plane shift behind. Yeah. Okay. Shall we leave that little blurb there? Yep.